You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 74. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Our Take segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a look at Alacer Gold Corp, symbol ASR on the TSX, a low-cost junior to intermediate gold producer with two producing operations in Turkey. The company recently completed a significant sulfide production plant at its Coppler Gold Mine, which is now set to produce 3.5 million ounces at low cost, generate robust cash flow for approximately the next 20 years, albeit in a very risky geopolitical arena. With the uptick in the price of gold, a listener asks us if a laser is a good option going forward. Our star of the week is Skechers USA Inc., symbol SKX on the New York Stock Exchange, the popular marketer and manufacturer of Skechers brand lifestyle footwear for men, women, and children. The stock is up 15.5% this week. 25.5% in the last month, and 33% year to date. We let you know what is driving the move and whether it is sustainable. Finally, our dog of the week is NFI Group Inc. <coughs> Excuse me. Symbol NFI on the TSX, a global manufacturer of buses operating under several brands. NFI vehicles incorporate a wide range of drive systems including clean diesel, natural gas, diesel electric hybrid, and zero emission electric applications. The former TSX Darling has seen its share price drop 12% over the last six trading days and around 19% over the last month. Is it a dog or opportunity? We will let you know. Well, we're going to kick off our show. I'd like to welcome my co-hosts this week, both Brennan and Aaron. Welcome, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, Ryan. As I struggle through a massive frog in my throat, um, I, I did see that you had no frog in your throat this past weekend, Aaron, as you were a guest on Money Talks Radio with Michael Campbell. How'd that go? Good. Was that the only thing you noticed, that I didn't have a frog in my throat? No. Basically, that was about that it. Was That's about all it. I could yeah, see you're, with you're you. Just focused that on that. Was, no, that uh, well, the radio show went great. I always it's about I the most love. interesting thing about you, right? So. <laughs> I always yes. love. Uh, I always love doing the show with Michael. He's a great interviewer. So we, um, the for anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, there is an archive available. I believe it. It is also posted on Keystone social media or will be. Um, but I'll check into that. But there is an archive available. So. We had a great conversation. We talked mostly about um, income-producing companies. Uh, you know, our, our our Canadian Dividend All Star Report, which we put out last month. So that was the culmination of researching every dividend-paying company in Canada, and then coming up with an eight-stock portfolio um, out of that and a twenty-five stock monitor list as well. So we talked a little bit about that. Uh, a couple of recommendations. I updated uh, Microsoft 
which I'd recommended at the World Outlook and is up 30% since. So I gave my opinion on, on that. Um, talked a little bit about Brookfield Infrastructure, which is a company that I've, I've we've covered for a while in our conservative dividend space. Um, and then we also talked a little bit about Zynax from our U.S. growth stock research, which we just put out a sell recommendation on um, after it, uh, more than doubling in, uh, in, in the six months before. So it's, uh, it was, it, yeah, it was a great interview. I just, I really love, uh, you know, getting into the, 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 you know, the fundamentals of what we do and, and what we're looking for and, and what we're trying to achieve for our clients with Michael. Yeah, and if anybody who has not heard that interview, I encourage you to go to keystocks.com. I uh, believe right on the front there, you can click on that and listen to Aaron's segment of that entire show. And you know, like, like he said, he gets into some great topics there, talking about the Dividend All-Star Report and even getting into uh, a company that I had recommended on uh, Money Talks just in April of this year, Zynex Inc., which we uh, has doubled since that point, and we took uh, our full position of, out of the stock. And, you know, we, uh, it's just one of those cases where it's not a company that we hate by any means. It's just uh, when we originally found the company, it was trading around the $3 range around 18 months ago, uh, produced goods call, cash flow and earnings, graduated from the OTC to the NASDAQ, which is what we like to see, continued to produce good solid cash flow and earnings. But when we originally found it, it was trading around 10 times earnings with a cash-rich balance sheet. And uh, when we ended up selling the stock when, after its shares had risen over 200%, uh, the company was trading around 35, roughly 40 times in that range earnings. So a good company, was it trading at a reasonable price given some of the risks of the company going forward? We didn't think so. and We took some of our profit off the table. And one thing I can tell you, you are never going to uh, lose money uh, selling at a 200% gain over time. Uh, so that, you know, sometimes you have to take, pull the trigger and take some profit out of a company. And that's what we did on that uh, situation. So it shows you not only do we have the buy recommendations, but we give you an idea when to sell a given stock. So we're going to start this week with our Your Stock, Our Take segment. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. Uh, we have a question that came in from Emil in Edmonton. Uh, it is, she, she, or he emailed in the question. It says, I know Keystone has profiled a laser gold in a number of your cash-rich special reports in the past. The stock has performed very well this year. What is driving it, and how do you feel about its prospects going forward? Well, a laser gold corp, symbol ASR on the TSX, is priced around $4.96, about a $1.45 billion market cap. What does the company do? Elaser is a low-cost junior to intermediate gold producer with an 80% interest in the world-class copper or coppler gold mine in Turkey. Uh, the coppler gold mine is processing ore through two producing plants. With the recent completion of its sulfide plant, the coppler gold mine will produce 3.5 million ounces at first quartile all-in sustaining cost. That means low production costs, generating what management believes will be robust free cash flow for the next 20 years approximately. 
Now, Lacer continues to pursue opportunities to further expand its current operation base to become a more sustainable multi-mine producer with a focus on Turkey. Uh, while we consider mining and mining-related stocks to be relatively poor investments generally long-term, particularly junior exploration and production companies, as the listener points out, we have profiled the Lacer in the past due to its strong balance sheet, low-cost gold production projects, and potential to be a strong cash flow producer over a relatively long period. The stock has performed very well already in 2019, up 93%. In the first quarter, its new sulfide plant came online at the Coppler Mine. Production grew to 89,000 ounces, generating positive, unlevered free cash flow of around $35 million. Management reiterated that the company is on track to meet its full-year gold production target of between 320 and 380,000 ounces. Uh, from its two producing plants that is up significantly from 2018 our take in the first quarter of this year year over year gold price was actually down about 26 dollars us per ounce from the previous year but this is reversed significantly in the second quarter uh, with gold moving to new five-year highs couple this with production gains from the new sulfide plant at the coppler mine and one can see why the share price has jumped uh, trailing 12-month EBITDA is about $108.4 million at the company's highest point since 2015. We expect this to continue. Debt levels are a little higher on the high end as we see its net debt level at 3.9 times its trailing 12-month EBITDA. With the recent expansion, uh, which it has been planned and now come to fruition, the cash flow will likely allow the company to quickly deleverage. Companies trading at 14 times EBITDA right now, 1.2 times book. These valuations are slightly pricey given the company's dependency on economic factors such as uh, gold, the price of gold, as well as the above average geopolitical risk from the mine in Turkey. However, with the company's low production costs and if gold remains in its current range or moves higher, the multiple should become significantly more attractive by year's end and over time. It appears that management is executing well, but the price of gold over the next year and moving forward typically determines the fate of a gold producer such as this. If the company continues to execute and gold moves higher, the shares likely do well. If management, even if management does continue to execute and gold moves lower, the shares likely underperform the market. That is the rub with speculation in gold-related companies. For those who want to speculate on higher gold prices, a lacer is an option, but the company has priced in its current positive news near term, nearly doubling already in 2016. We'll certainly continue to monitor a lacer gold. We do get a lot of questions from clients, I find, on gold and silver producers. And there are some companies out there that are doing a good job with respect to expanding their production, expanding their resource. But of course, Ryan, what we always say is that ultimately, um, the success of the company often just comes down to what happens with the commodity price. And that's something that yeah. management has no control over. Yeah, basically, I mean, management has to execute very well. And, you know, that that has to be taken as a given, which isn't always a given. You don't always see that. So you have the execution risk that you have in all businesses, really. And then they have the wild card to the commodity. Uh, And if gold produces well or gold continues to go up in price, you know, the, the company does well. If it doesn't, then the company likely underperforms the market. This company may outperform its peers, 
because management is executing, but uh, there's not a lot of capital going in, into the sector unless the price of gold is going up as it is right now. So the wind is at its back, so to speak, for the near term. So we're going to get into our weekly star. From our stars and dogs segment, it's time for this week's star. 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 Our star this week is Skechers USA, Inc., symbol SKX on the New York Stock Exchange. Brennan, I'm going to let you take that one. Thank you, Ryan. So, Skechers USA, Inc., uh, again, ticker symbol SKX on the New York Stock Exchange, currently trading at a price of US $39.63 and has a market cap of $6.4 billion. So, the stock was up 15.5% this week, 25.5% in the last month, and is up 33% year-to-date. Uh, and just in the last week, the stock did hit a new 52-week high, going from around $33 up to around $39, testing previous highs made in early 2018. So Skechers USA Inc. is a designer and marketer of Skechers branded lifestyle footwear for men, women, and children. And they also have performance footwear for men and women under the Skechers performance brand name. Uh, and of course, they do also offer apparel, accessories, eyewear, scrubs, and other merchandise. Now, what is driving the stock? On Friday, July 19th, 2019, the company reported better than expected quarter two financial results, uh, and the gain was essentially propelled by impressive growth in international sales. Um, and like this is a substantial uh, part of sales, as international sales comprise of about 55% of the company's total sales. And these international sales were up around 20% for the quarter, uh, driven by men's and women's sport and men's and women's street footwear sales. And uh, the, CEO, the COO, David Weinberg, did state that the second quarter's record performance was a testament to the demand and strength for Skechers brand and products, uh, and, the, and that the biggest dollar increase came from India, the Middle East, and China. So taking a deeper look into the company's financial results, uh, again, quarter two, 2019, for the period end June 30th, 2019, Revenue increased around 11% to $1.26 billion from $1.14 billion over the same quarter last year. Net income increased 66% to $75.2 million from $45.3 million. And on a diluted per share basis, it was up 69% to uh, around $0.49 cents per share from $0.29 cents per share for the prior year period. And now I do want to note uh, that comparable same-store sales did increase around 5%, which is, of course, an essential metric to, uh, to keep your eye on here um, for retail. So looking forward, uh, the company did, management did give some pretty good guidance. So management expects for quarter three of 2019 that revenue growth will remain strong, uh, climbing approximately around 13% uh, from the prior year period. Um, and as well, earnings per share uh, will also increase uh, to around 70 cents per share compared to 65 cents per share for the same period last year. Looking at the company's fundamental ratios, uh, the company does trade at a trailing 12-month price-to-earnings ratio of around 19 times, which is reasonable. It doesn't seem to be too, too high uh, and pricing in too much growth, I would personally say. 
Uh, the company also has a debt to equity ratio of around 0.05 and a current ratio of 2.5. Uh, so the company is quite liquid, which we like to see, of course. So in conclusion, given the company's impressive quarterly results and optimistic guidance for quarter three of 2019, uh, the stock has risen considerably and claimed the coveted status of our star of the week. Well, I can say that I, I have owned a couple pair of Skechers myself in the past, and uh, I would definitely buy more. I, I like them. They're, they're a decent shoe. Yeah, definitely. And like, I know that the new styles are definitely uh, picking up on like the athleisure trend that is uh, taking place. And, and that is the funny thing. I was hanging out with uh, some of my buddies last week and I complimented my friend on his shoes. I was like, wow, those are really nice shoes. And, you know, of course they were Skechers shoes. And, and that's the thing I, you know, even from my research, uh, I, I have looked into Under Armour back in the day. And I do know that Skechers is becoming fierce competition with Under Armour. Uh, so the company, yeah, they've definitely, you know, been appealing to consumers. Um, and yeah, uh, sales have been increasing. And, uh, you know, the company obviously likes to see that. And this is a and, good, oh, sorry, Ron, I'll let you. Yeah, well, I was going to say, uh, on the other hand, as a contrarian, seeing that both of you like the brand, that makes me immediately <laughs> want to hit the sell. Brandon's well, a, a young man, so he's uh, he's in tune with the, the styles of, of the youth these days. <laughs> I just didn't want to single you out, I don't want to single you out. When it comes right? to fashion. <laughs> but this is, this no. is a good, this is a good um, point to make here, is when you're, Considering investing in a company, if it's the type of company where you can visit a location uh, like a store and shop there, or if it's a if it's an, an apparel brand or a food, and you can actually um, you can actually you know consume it or or see uh, firsthand what the what the different um, different products are, like that's a way to do research. I think it was Peter Lynch that was Peter really Lynch, that yeah. really pushed that gotcha. heavily. He said, yeah. you know, you gotta go to the to the companies and actually like look at them through the eyes of a consumer. And uh, you know, if if it's a fashion brand um, that caters towards uh, younger people and you have younger people in your family, you know, talk to them. Ask them, is this something that uh, that your generation thinks is cool or would think is cool? And and that gives you some great investment insight. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, um, right before, about a year before, just under a year before, actually, uh, that we recommended Boyd, I had gone in and had my windshield replaced and had a good experience at a, a Boyd location just uh, outside of Vancouver. And, and so, you know, I mean, that... It didn't obviously didn't spur the recommendation. There was the fundamentals there, but it obviously, you know, help, it helps tick off a box that I had a positive ex experience actually utilizing the service of that company before we made a recommendation on that. And now Boyd has gone on to be the single best performing stock on the TSX over the past 10 years. So again, it gives you some anecdotal, um, uh, an anecdotal backing to your research that you've done on the fundamentals of the business. Certainly. Also, I'd, I'd like to know on Skechers, it says they do eyewear and scrubs. Does anyone know what scrubs are? Are we talking well, about I medical? Well, I think scrubs, yeah, I think medical scrubs. Yeah, that's I, nursing and uh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Because what I think is I think of the 80s girl band TLC and I say, I don't want no scrubs, right? So again, maybe I'm, I'm <laughs> selling right there. Yes, and one of Aaron's favorite songs, <laughs> it is, it is. Of course. Uh, okay, so without favorite, further ado, we're going to... We're going to move to our weekly dog. From our Stars and Dog segment, it's time for this week's dog. Ruff, ruff, ruff. 
And I believe Aaron has that in his Skechers. Are you wearing them now? I am not. I I, I, I don't mm. have a pair right now, but this is this has mm, made me think bad. that I need to go, and, go look and get some, some of the new the, the new styles. Uh, so so weekly dog. We're, we'll we'll start here with the weekly dog. Uh, NFI Group is our dog of the week. The symbol is NFI on the TSX. The share price right now is uh, just over $31, and it has a market capitalization of just under $2 billion. So NFI shares are down 12% over the last six trading days and down 19% over the last month. The company's share price peaked in May of last year at about $60 per share. In the three years previous to that peak, NFI was a top performer on the TSX, but the share price has undergone a steady decline um, since it peaked just over a year ago. So what does the company do? NFI is a global manufacturer of buses um, operating under several brands. The company operates more than 50 facilities in 10 countries globally and employs approximately 8,900 people. NFI's vehicles incorporate a wide range of drive systems, including clean diesel, natural gas, diesel electric hybrid, and zero emission electric. So what's, what's driving the stock downward right now? Well, there are a couple things impacting the stock. Over the past year, we've seen general weakness in the company's financial performance, and this is after several years of strong growth in revenue and earnings. More recently, the company issued a press release on July 16th outlining its Q2 2019 deliveries, orders, and backlog. Uh, the backlog at the end of Q2 2019 declined to 9,997 units valued at $4.82 billion compared to 10,587 units valued at uh, $5.16 billion at the end of Q1 2019. And this press release precipitated the share price decline that we've seen over the last week. Just looking at the company's recent financial performance, they put out Q1 results on May 8th. Uh, Revenue decreased 2% to 567 million. Adjusted EBITDA was down 18% to 60.3 million. And adjusted earnings per share declined 54% to 26 cents per share. The Q2 results are expected out in early to mid-August. So in conclusion, NFI's share price has had a rough week. Uh, The catalyst for this decline was certainly related to the lower backlog announced on July 16th. However, the bigger story is the near 50% decline in the share price over the last 14 months. Financial performance has really weakened over this period, and this is what's driving the share price lower. Long term, I believe that NFI is a very solid business. It's a global company. It's been completing acquisitions to further expand its footprint. And we do like the, the focus on energy efficient transportation. However, one thing that I did learn about the company when doing my own research is that NFI's market is cyclical. We would not advise buying into a company when the financial performance is trending lower, at least until we have some confidence that the business uh, will start to turn around financially. So the company earns the, the, the award of dog of the week, and we're hoping for better performance in the future. Yeah, the not-so-coveted status the of not our so dog of the week. Status. Yes, of course, yeah. But no, it's, it's a good summary in the company, and you know, it's a company we monitor, but because of the cyclicality of the business, when you do see a downturn, and you're seeing a downturn in the backlog and the financial performance, uh, we would stay on the sidelines at present and monitor it. And maybe it would be a more shorter term buy at some point when you saw a cyclical uptick in its industry. 
Certainly, it's 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 really. I'll just say it's really difficult to to uh, pull the pu- press the buy button when when you're seeing that decline in financial performance because you just don't know how low it's going to go. I've had a lot of questions about NFI over the last year because it was yeah. um, such a highly rated stock uh, before it started declining 14 months ago, and we've sat on the sidelines and we're glad that we did. And it just it's impossible to say at this point how low the the share price is going to go until the financial performance starts to turn around our our belief is that it will continue to trend lower i think in a situation like that you'd probably rather see a more sustainable or concrete example or signal in terms of the financial performance that the company is uh, turning a corner and turning around to a new cyclical upturn, maybe miss 10% of the upside move or the upside move, but get some confirmation that you are in an up cycle rather than catch the proverbial falling knife here, right? Is Certainly. that what we're looking at? Certainly. Yeah, for that, sure. That's, that's, yeah, great advice. Good. Okay. I think that will wrap up our show for this week. I'd like to thank my co-hosts. I'll do that in a sec, but I'm going to remind you to keep your questions coming into our Your Stock, Our Take segment. We appreciate those every week. We're getting more and more, which is good to see, and we're getting to pick and choose the best of them right now. Again, I'm going to thank my co-hosts, Aaron and Brennan, for uh, hosting with me again this week. I'm going to wish all our listeners and our clients profitable investing. Thank you. Profitable investing.